the Baltimore Ravens secure a victory at home over the Denver Broncos. The team makes some roster moves, cutting some players and adding others. Practice absences galore, and we look ahead to the Steelers game on Sunday night. I'm Christopher Linfont, and welcome to Nest Talk, the most elite Baltimore Ravens podcast on the internet. So let's just jump right on in today. Um, as you probably know, the Baltimore Ravens defeated the Denver Broncos on Sunday at home. Uh, I was there for the 27-14 victory. I just want to point out to everybody that I was extremely close in predicting this game. I said the final score would be a 27-17 victory in the Ravens' favor, just three points off. Don't mind being wrong, though, that the Ravens held the Broncos to three points less than I thought they would. So let's get right into it. Another rainy day in Baltimore. Um, if you were from Baltimore or live in the area, um, it's been raining practically nonstop um, for the past few weeks now. But it was another rainy day for Baltimore, and apparently Joe Flacco really likes the rain here because Flacco, all of a sudden, in the rain, has performed has performed miles ahead of what he has performed um, in Cincinnati in clear weather. So Joe Flacco comes out, and he's you know the star player of the game. But we do award um, the Baltimore Feathers press uh, the Baltimore Feathers player of the game, uh, Ravens player of the game to Terrell Suggs for his efforts, and we'll talk about him a little later. But Joe Flacco comes out swinging 25 completions out of 40 attempts for 277 yards and a touchdown. Really solid day by Flacco, and he just is on fire. And especially in the rain, for whatever the reason is, he can throw very well in the rain. Um, the, the defense looked pretty good um, at the start. It was a little difficult to watch because they did let uh, Case Keenum and the Broncos score early on the first drive, but... And then on another drive, too, um, in the early part of the game. But you have to remember, the Ravens gave up a punt. Um, they allowed it to be blocked. And it was right on the goal line, basically. So the Broncos punched it in on the very next play, a six-yard run. Um, and then, of course, they scored again later. But the defense were, was able to tighten down and hold Case Keenum in the Broncos' offense just 14 points for the entire game, um, which is very good against the, the Cincinnati Bengals. They could not stop uh, A.J. Green from tearing them apart in the first half and then kind of settle down if they can just focus on settling down um early on and just you know preventing these these issues early on then this team could be a lot better um but it is still an upgrade over last year when the defense liked to um fall apart late in the game the defense did not fall apart late in this game there were there were you know situations where the offense had an opportunity to make something happen late in the game you know tighten the score, get it closer, but the defense didn't have it. Um, and then, you know, Patrick Unwasser's interception was also there late in the game. That really sealed the deal, too, um, for Ravens' victory. Uh, I want to talk about the offensive line here. The offensive line mo- looked much better than it did against Cincinnati. Joe Flacco was upright for most of the game. Um, Alex Collins had a great day. Well, not a great day, but a better day rushing the ball. We still want to see him um, perform better. Uh, he rushed for 18 times for 68 yards. I mean, not a bad day and a touchdown, but of course, you know, th- those statistics have to get up. You rush 18 times, we want to see you in that, you know, 80-yard range for Alex Collins. That's what he could pull off last year about. Um, but the offensive line was a big help for him. Um, you know, Ronnie Stanley, Marshall Yonda, you know, g- good performers as well. But Matt Skur on the inside uh, at center looked very good. Um, no complaints there. Much improved over last week. Um, James Hurst did okay at right tackle, uh, and no complaints on Alex Lewis still. Uh, he's, he's just, you know, he's just there, it seems. He's not good or bad. He's just a steady, you know, average guy in there, but 
we'll see how his career develops. This is his first year starting with the Ravens. Um, but especially Matt Skura, I liked what I saw from him on the inside. Um, the Ravens do end up making a change somewhere in the offensive line. We'll talk about that uh, when we get onto roster moves. Um, but one of the issues with the with the game in general, with the performance by the Ravens, um, really comes down to special teams. Uh, usually the Ravens are excellent on special teams. Uh, John Harbaugh is a special teams co- or was a special teams coach before becoming the Ravens head man. Uh, really puts an emphasis on special teams to win games, and I don't blame him because an edge on special teams is just an edge over and uh, in in another factor of the game. If you if you're matched up evenly on offense and defense, but you have an edge on special teams, you're probably going to win the game. So very important for those special teams to come into play. Um, but against the uh, the Denver Broncos, it didn't look so good. So uh, mainly on kicks and punts, on a kick and a punt specifically, like one kick, one punt. We'll talk about the punt first because it happened chronologically uh, before the kick. Um, Sam Cook back to punt. He's gonna do fine, uh, but it's blocked. Uh, the punt's blocked. The coverage, uh, the blocking team up front. I don't know what happened. Um, how they let. Uh, a Denver Bronco in to, to block the punt, but it happened, and um, the ball sailed back onto the six-yard line where the Broncos would recover it. Um, not good at all for um, the punt team, uh, especially the line part of it, because the offensive line did, did very well throughout it, throughout the game. But when it comes to the uh, offensive line of special teams, uh, they did not. That unit was not able to pull through. I haven't fully examined the game yet, but I'm going to have to take a look at it and really determine who went wrong and where because that's you know unacceptable and then you have a field goal kick uh and justin tucker justin tucker mix misses it not because he's off target but because it's blocked so this is the second block of the game now and it's you know returned for a touchdown that touchdown is later called back by illegal block in the back the player who blocked it or one of the players on the team i don't remember if he blocked it or someone else blocked it i would assume he blocked it jumped over the Ravens offensive line now that used to be legal you see you saw players like Troy Polamalu doing that all the time on field goals but in the NFL you cannot do that anymore that's a that's a penalty and the referees did not call it that would have negated the block and actually put Justin Tucker in better field goal range because it was a long field goal I think it was like a 52 yarder so Ravens um, the referees missed that call that goes against Justin Tucker's kick record. I'm just going to keep saying he's never missed a field goal this season. All right, I'm just going to say that for the rest of the season until he misses a field goal. Um, because I don't think blocks should count as missed field goals. And especially a block where there was an obvious penalty that should have taken that away. But the referees didn't make it. And, of course, the NFL comes out and apologizes uh, after the game. You know, we're sorry, but, you know, this should have been a, the penalty. And it wasn't. So, you know, whatever. It'll count towards or against Justin Tucker, unfortunately. But someone should have been able to block him. Even if he jumps over, you got to be able to block this guy. Someone should, should be ready and alert. I guess because if it's a penalty, you're expecting it to, you know, be called back. But, of course, that's not the case. But if someone was able to pick him up, someone up front was able to stop him from jumping over, um, maybe the Ravens would have made that field goal with Justin Tucker kicking it. Okay, so before and after the game, the Ravens made some roster moves. So let's talk about the two roster moves Baltimore made before the game. Um, now, if you watched the game, you noticed that Janarian Grant was not returning kicks. This time it was Tim White. Uh, Janarian Grant found himself out of the Ravens roster 
after just two games. Um, why is that? Well, uh, frankly, it's because he fumbled the ball more than John Harbaugh could handle without having a stroke. Uh, also, happy 56th birthday to John Harbaugh. Um, no, I, I didn't know that it was his birthday on Sunday until they mentioned it in the game. Uh, the Ravens kind of kept it hush-hush <laughs> for most of the day until towards the end of the game where, like, everyone wish John Harbaugh a happy birthday, and the crowd went nuts. So, but anyway, I'm getting off topic here. Um, Jadarian Grant, just a f- bunch of fumble issues. And you know what? He, it's difficult. The first one, I was I would say, the first fumble wasn't really his fault because the rain was pouring and people were dropping balls left and right and it was just terrible conditions to play in. The second fumble against Cincinnati was inexcusable. And you put those two together and two games and you're thinking to yourself, well, how many more is he going to fumble? So John Harbaugh, you know, although Tim White is not going to get as many yards, returning as Grant May in some instances, uh, he's going to go with Tim White for the remainder of the season, at least um, as we can see for now. I mean, maybe he does make a change again sometime in the season, but you got to think that Tim White's going to have, um, going to keep going unless he starts fumbling the ball or he gets injured. Um, and he'll be, you know, the sixth receiver on the depth chart too. Uh, the Ravens also cut Jermaine Illuminor, the offensive lineman they drafted a few years ago in the fifth round, uh, offensive guard, actually born in the United Kingdom. Um, they cut him to add Robertson Daniel to the team. Now, Robertson Daniel was coming in because Jimmy Smith was suspended, Maurice Kennedy and Anthony Averett were injured, uh, Kennedy placed on the IR, and Averett was not. But but um, that leaves a space open. Um, the Ravens desperately needed to put somebody on there um, just to have some depth uh, in the secondary um, this week. Jimmy Smith will get back um, from suspension after the Steelers game on Sunday. Um, Maurice Kennedy is out for who knows how long. Uh, Anthony Averett looks to be probably okay heading forward because they do make another move with Roberts and Daniel, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, cutting Jermaine Illuminor. That puts the Ravens at that put the Ravens at seven offensive linemen. Um, that's a pretty low number. Five starting two reserve. Um, that's kind of a shaky thing to do. Not really a super smart idea, but you know it's a risk the Ravens were willing to take in this instance. So nothing happened, so they they were okay. But uh, Illuminor was cut from the team. Um, after the win um, the other day, the Ravens decided to part ways with Robertson Daniel again. You kind of feel bad for Robertson Daniel. He's in and off this team, uh, in and out of this team so much. But they added Horanus Grasu. Horanus uh, Grasu is or. Oh, was a player on the Chicago Bears, former Chicago Bears center, uh, drafted in the 2015 third round. Um, Chicago very disappointed with how he played, um, had some injury history there, uh, a season ending, I think it was an ACL tear, um, some other shoulder or or some sort of arm problem, I think it was, uh, I read about the other day. But Hronis Grasu, um, he's going to be a depth player for the Ravens, and he'll be able to play on the center um, at on the inside or at center. Um, he's going to be a backup. He's not going to replace Skur or anything. Um, don't think that in any way. Um, this is just, you know, getting some extra depth at the offensive line position. So Grant and Illuminor still off the team. Um, they end up on the practice squad. Roberts and Daniel also ends up back on the practice squad. That happened today. Uh, and the Ravens cut defensive end Miles Humphrey to make that happen with Roberts and Daniel from the practice squad, I should say. Um, 
So not really surprising. I thought that the Ravens would try to get Luminor and Grant back on the practice squad, and they really like Robertson Daniel here. Um, and he's been on the practice squad for a couple of years now. They want to keep him on the practice squad, so they're going to try to do that. And then, of course, they get him on with uh, Miles Humphrey off the practice squad. Okay, practice absences. Let's talk about these real quick. Um, the Ravens had a lot of big names out of practice today. Um, some of these, I don't know why they missed practice, and some of them we can kind of figure out um, based on the information we have. So the first absence um, that we know of why he's out is Brandon Carr. Um, he's got a knee injury he's dealing with. Um, timetable for becoming healthy, when he's going to play next. He could play Sunday, I don't know. We're still kind of early out here. It's only Wednesday. Um, we'll get a clearer picture of what's going to happen maybe on Thursday or Friday with him. Anthony Averett coming off an injury. Um, probably going to play, I'd say, or at least the Ravens are going to get somebody in here because cutting Robertson Daniel just to add uh, Ronis Grasso to the roster. Um, you, you have to uh, wonder why they would do that if they thought Anthony Averett wouldn't be healthy for Sunday. Terrell Suggs, um, typically a veteran day off sometimes on Wednesdays for him. But according to um, Ravens insider Jeff Zrebiak of The Athletic, um, Terrell Suggs is probably dealing with something. He was with trainers today, and um, he's probably got some sort of injury going on. Whether it's serious or not, we don't know um, the details. We just know he's dealing with something right now. So we'll keep an eye on that as we move forward. Um, whether he plays on Sunday, I'm not really sure. Again, just not enough information currently for this. Willie Henry did not did not practice today. He's coming back from that hernia. Um, don't expect him to be back for a little while. John Brown was limited in practice today. He left early and was wearing a t-shirt for a lot of it, um, or all of practice today. Um, people are speculating that he could be injured. Um, some other people, like uh, Zrebik, are saying it's probably just a precautionary measure. That's what I would think it is. Because if he was actually injured, they wouldn't actually send him out, um, you know, in a t-shirt and everything to do do a lot of things. Um, it's probably just precautionary given, you know, his, his injury history in the NFL. Um, he has sickle cell disease, so they probably factor all that in and say, okay, you know, just take it easy today. Uh, the way he's playing, you, you can't, you know, it's not like he needs practice right now because the way he's playing is ridiculous. Um, it, it's insane. He's becoming the best Ravens receiver on the roster, uh, period, right now. So, John Brown, again, absent, or not absent, but limited in practice today, left early. Um, Want to talk about some other people that we really don't know much about here. Lamar Jackson was absent. Don't know what that means. Uh, maybe it's just a day off for him, or maybe he's got an injury going on. Um, didn't get a whole lot of playing time uh, against the Denver Broncos. was only on for a few plays, um, one that resulted in an Alex Collins touchdown. So, um, but yeah, we don't really understand, or I'm sorry, we don't know what's going on with Lamar Jackson. Um, could be injured, just could be like a day off or something. Ronnie Stanley, um, he was also absent. He played on Sunday. Uh, don't know why he's absent today. Maybe they're just trying to um, either make sure he gets some rest because he is coming off of an injury from a few weeks ago, or maybe they're afraid that injury is still lingering. Um, don't know what's going on right now with Ronnie Stanley, but we'll 
Uh, we will make sure to stay on top of that. And Eric Weddle was out today, um, probably a veteran day off, although uh, I don't have enough information to verify that, but I would expect that have to have been a um, veteran's day off. And again, um, just like uh, Terrell Suggs and John Brown, Eric Weddle doesn't really need the practice at this point. You know, Just to stay in shape is probably the thing he has to do the most. Okay, so let's look ahead to Sunday night, the Sunday night game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It feels like every time the Ravens go into Pittsburgh, it's a primetime game. Uh, I want to see another primetime game of the Steelers in Baltimore. That'd be nice to see, but unfortunately, there's no Ravens primetime games at home this year, so I don't know what happened there. Not even a Monday Night Football game at all this year, so a little salty about that, but that's okay. We'll just talk about our Sunday night matchup in Pittsburgh. Um, this week. So three keys to victory as always. Uh, predictions will come out this weekend. Haven't had a time to completely go through it all and uh, make any predictions yet so stay tuned for this weekend for those predictions. But what I will say is there are three keys to the Steelers uh, to a victory against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh, Heinz uh, Field this Thursday, I'm sorry, this Sunday night. Um, the first has to be you've got to hold Antonio Brown as back as uh, as far back as possible. Antonio Brown is going to make a lot of plays on you. He's a pretty good receiver. Um, without Jimmy Smith, it's going to be difficult. Uh, you saw last year when Jimmy Smith was injured and the Ravens went to Pittsburgh. It was brutal. Uh, they had a very difficult time um, competing against the Steelers' offense, um, specifically the defense, because the Ravens' offense held down and kept, kept going. But the defense could not stop Antonio Brown all game long. Without Jimmy Smith, you have to think they put Marlon Humphrey on him. He's the only one that did anything against um, Antonio Brown last year without Jimmy Smith. So it's got to be Marlon Humphrey going going up against um, the Pro Bowl wide receiver there. Another um, big, big key factor here is the offense has to stay strong. The offense has to be in attack mode all game. You've got to put up 20-plus 20, 20 points, maybe 25-plus points to beat the Steelers at home at this point. Um, because we can't verify that the Steelers are going to, you know, just stop in the passing attack with with Antonio Brown. Um, if the Ravens can shut Antonio down Brown, Antonio Brown down, um, that would be fantastic. But I don't think that's going to happen. He'll he'll make some plays no matter what. Uh, not the capacity that A.J. Green did the other night, but he'll still make some plays. So the Ravens offense has to retaliate and do it frequently. Joe Flacco's got to have a very good game. Um, got to be along the lines of Denver and Buffalo, not along the lines of Cincinnati. But I do want to see some of his passing decrease. I want to see Alex Collins get in the running game and really get going. He did much better against Denver than the than he did in the previous two games, but we've got to take it on the extra step, get over that 100-yard mark. If we can get 100 yards rushing on the ground with Collins and like 200, 250 yards passing with Flacco, um, that, that should be enough. You know, assuming that that they convert, you know these these yardages uh, and big gains and and substantial drives into touchdowns and field goals and whatnot. But you have to make sure we get those touchdowns more than field goals. Uh, we can't be ending drives in field goal, field goal, field goal. Got to get in the end zone. And the Ravens have done a tremendous job this year. I really commend them um, on on converting touchdowns. Um, in their first 12, or their only 12 red zone attempts, I mean, only 12, right? Yeah, it's three games, so average four red zone attempts per game. 
Um, they get touchdowns on every single one. That's 100% red zone efficiency. That's the first time any team has ever done that in the NFL in the first three games. Um, that's ridiculous. Um, if you asked me last year if I thought the Ravens offense could ever do something like that, I'd laugh at you. I'd say you're crazy for even asking that question. But here we are, and now it's happening. So Marty Mornweg, uh calling some very nice plays, tricking me sometimes. I think they're going to do one thing, they come out and do the other thing and get a, a substantial gain or a touchdown off of it, and I'm blown away by his play calling. Um, very good offensive attack this year. And the wide receivers have to continue to, to keep playing the way they did. Uh, on Sunday... Um, Michael Crabtree looks pretty good. He's catching a lot of balls. He's going to be your possession guy. John Brown's going to be your speed guy. Willie Sneed's going to be your versatile guy. He's going to go short sometimes, but he can turn those short short um, passes into big gains. We want to see Mark Andrews lead the tight ends again. Nothing against Nick Boyle or Max Williams, but Mark Andrews is amazing as a re- receiving tight end. He's done phenomenally well for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, want to see him continue his streak of great play against the Steelers this Sunday really elevate the Ravens passing game to a whole nother level uh, and you know Flacco seems to be on that that level right now but if but if the uh, but if Mark Andrews can push it up a level it's gonna be ridiculous um, Ravens offensive line play has to stay strong basically do what they did against Denver they didn't allow a sack from Von Miller against Denver if you can do the same kind of play against the Steelers, you should be able to win the game or at least um, help your quarterback and help your running back um, run the ball. But keep your quarterback upright. That's the most important thing. Finally, the Ravens have to outplay the Steelers on special teams. Last week was not the best week for special teams for the Ravens. Um, the punt block and the field goal block. I know the field goal block is kind of iffy, but the punt block especially really really gets to me we can't have that happen very often but the Steelers special teams have not been so good um Chris Boswell has been missing a lot of field goals uh not good play from him and he's a former pro bowler so uh, I don't know how he made the pro bowl over Justin Tucker that's but that's a conversation for another day um the Ravens if they can outplay the Steelers in the um special teams department it'll help them overall as a team and um maybe create some either turnovers or big returns to ensure that the offense starts in a good spot on special from special teams play. Um, yeah, so if all three things of these if all three of these things happen, if the Ravens hold Antonio Brown as best as possible because you expect him to get like 50 yards at least. So if they hold him to 50 yards uh, and maybe one or less touchdowns, if you have a strong offensive attack and you outplay the Steelers on special teams this Sunday night, I think the Ravens can win it. Will the Ravens win it? Will they do all these things? Up for a debate. I haven't decided yet. That comes out this Sunday on BaltimoreFeather.com, where you can check out all my other writings as well. Okay, so that will end uh, Nest Talk episode 10. I cannot believe we're on episode 10 of Nest Talk. Um, 10 weeks into this thing. Really amazing. Um, I just want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. If you've been here since uh, episode 1, that's uh that's pretty awesome but uh no really thanks for listening to the podcast uh i'm really glad that people out here are are liking this podcast so um yeah that'll end episode 10 uh i'm chris linfont you can find me at chris linfont on twitter you can find uh nest talk at nest talk on twitter or like it on facebook you can like the baltimore feather on facebook as well or follow us on twitter at be more feather um really great content coming out of baltimore feather usually every day um 
Or you can just go directly to the website, baltimorefeather.com, bookmark it, and visit it every day to get your, you know, fill on Ravens news. Okay, I'm Christopher Linfont signing out. Have a good day, everybody.